Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Um, this month is uh, Child Abuse Awareness Month. So we're going to kind of approach it from a different perspective. I mean, let me just say it like this. If you think something, um, if you see something, speak up. Child abuse is wrong, um, so we're not going to focus on that. I think we all know what that looks like, but for those that aren't familiar, let's go through it. This applies to adults and to children. There's physical abuse, and then there's uh, emotional and psychological abuse. So um, let me just get my thoughts together here. Okay, so physical abuse is hitting, slapping, spanking, um, and we know that that doesn't work. That is not um, good parenting. That's not a good way to... Teach a child how to regulate their feelings. Um, children need an adult to be regulated, but a lot of adults think I need the child to regulate themselves so I can regulate. And so I'm going to act completely over the top and dysregulated, even as an adult, and 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 somehow expect this little child to do far better than I'm able to do. Because here I am, unable to control myself around my child's lack of ability for them to control themselves. So dysregulated, out of control children need the adult to anchor themselves first. And when we control them because we can't control ourselves, which is what we're saying. You're out of control and I'm feeling all sorts of different ways. And when we try to manage that with abuse, spanking, hitting, slapping, um, what we're really teaching them is fear. They've learned no skills and they're now just afraid of us. And that's what helps them maybe keep themselves a little more grounded or anchored. That's abuse. And what you're really telling them is when you don't like what someone's doing, use violence. So you're teaching them violence. You're not teaching them regulation or emotional intelligence. It's violence. Um, now, what do the other forms look like? Well, we've talked about this on the show many times. So psychological and verbal abuse are name calling, belittling, critiquing, judging, intimidating, uh, spreading rumors, gossiping, bullying, harassment. And yes, adults and parents do that to children sometimes. Whatever you would uh, do or not do to another adult, children should not be any exception. If one of your friends or another adult or colleague was dysregulated and it was throwing you off, I don't think you would slap them, spank them, or take your belt off. Well, why would why should a child why should a child then have to bear the brunt of that? What's the difference? Well, the difference is control. The difference is power. That's a misuse of power. And we want to knock that off. And that's where we use words like adultism and childism, which is this concept of prejudice against children. The idea that children's thoughts and feelings don't matter. So again, 
any way you would treat adult an adult or you as an adult would want to be treated from a place of respect or whatever it is, you should apply that and offer that to children. The other thing I always like to bring up is this idea of implied violence. If you are slamming things, throwing things, destroying things, threatening to destroy things, that's, that's still violence and abuse. It's just implied, but it's still a tactic of someone who feels powerless and out of control. So again, when a parent or an adult uh, threatens, uh, smacks, throws a punch, they're basically saying, I feel powerless. I feel weak right now. And the only way I know how to really overcome that is to assert more control and violence. And so it really shows the parent or the adult um, being someone who's got a lot of work to do, truly a lot of work to do. Um, so that's what we're trying to get away from. Um, and I've introduced these concepts on the show again, because I think they're really important. But Childism is the pre is the prejudice the prejudice against children, where treat, uh, children are treated as property or possessions, um, usually by the adult, and that's unfortunate because this is when children learn um, healthy regulatory skills. This is when they learn self worth, and this is when they learn, unfortunately, that our country operates from a vertical power structure where they're being taught there are people whose needs matter more than yours. There are people whose comfort matters more than yours. Uh, that's both untrue, that's both not ethical, and that's a form of violence. Everyone's feelings and comfort matters. No one's comfort or feelings matter more. But again, we have this idea that, well, adults' comfort and feelings matter more. Why? It's not true. Or your teacher's feelings or needs matter more, or anyone else in a position of power, but that that's a false structure. And we want to get away from that. That is what allows for the culture of child abuse. That that's what that is. That also leads to things like rape culture. Um, not 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 empowering children to set boundaries and to say no. The most meaningful thing you can do to your child to help protect them from sexual abuse and physical abuse is to tell them you're allowed to say no. Your no matters. Even if you're four, even if you're six, even if you're eight, you help them work with that. You help them learn when to apply that, but they have to be able to say no. No, I don't like that. No, that made me sad. No, I don't feel comfortable with that or around that. No, I don't feel like being touched by that person. I don't want to hug them. That's important. So when we're talking about Child Abuse Awareness Month, that's a piece of it. Teach children to be able to set boundaries. Let them say no to you. That's a healthy sign when your child is appropriate, able to say, I like that, I don't like that, that feels okay, that doesn't feel okay. But we don't wanna train our children to be needless, especially at the mercy of someone in a position of power, because then we can't act surprised when we have child abuse and rape culture existing and perpetuated. That, that is the, the roots of that. Um, so we want to empower children um, with sex education and, again, boundaries and, and, and teach them to advocate for themselves and not raise them in a culture of violence where they're, again, believed, uh, taught to believe that there are some people whose needs and comfort matters more. Um, we'll keep talking about it. So stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, Rachel, we're back. And even though we're talking a little bit about Child Abuse Awareness Month, please know that this applies to people who have children. This applies to people who don't have children. This applies to adults and teenagers. Because what I'm really talking about is um, a wider scope of prejudice and boundaries and power differentials. So know that. I always use different topics that might be in pop culture or relevant to this or the other thing, but know that they always have global aspects to them that really apply to all of us. So, you know, just like I was talking about um, this idea in our culture that children's needs and voice don't matter. And that somehow adults and other people, their comfort matters more. And we can disrespect a child in service of maintaining respect for an adult. Like none of that's real. None of that's true. We have to teach children that they, their feelings matter, that they're allowed to say no, that they're allowed to set boundaries. Um, and we were just talking about psychological and emotional abuse that again, the things we would never allow or do to another adult or allow from another adult, we have no problem inflicting on children. Would you let your friend when you are uncomfortable or sad or dysregulated or frustrating them, would you let them take a belt to you or spank you? Why are we acting that out on a child who has no power? especially when you're their caregiver, you are teaching them that violence is acceptable sometimes. You are teaching them that they aren't safe in the world. You're teaching them that some people's feelings matter more. You're walking them into rape culture and, and abuse by saying there are some people whose needs matter more than you and that some people have a right to just touch you when they want or to chastise you. It's horrible the way we treat children. It's horrible the way we treat animals too. People that don't have as much power, beings whose needs we believe don't always matter. It's really distressing what I see people do to children and even, like I said, animals. We, it, it's really, really, really wild. And that's adultism when we center the needs of adults and childism is the you know prejudice against children. And again, we live in a culture where we see children as possessions and property. That is wild. The fact that we have child labor laws tells us that culturally we would love to take advantage and oppress children with long working hours, but we had to put laws in place to protect them because apparently they needed protecting because we thought that somehow their needs and comfort don't matter. I was talking on the show about how children need at least four hours of unstructured play a day. We don't even come close to giving them that. We think children need to be in tons of sports and music lessons and learning languages and all these things, which is just training them to participate in capitalism. We are training them in narcissism, that performance matters more, that productivity matters more, that outcome and status and material items matter more. Dear God in heaven, what are we doing? And then we wonder why people are in therapy and why we have a culture of tons of narcissists. And we, and we, and we wonder why we don't value mental health. Um, and we'll be like, hashtag mental health, and then we'll talk poorly to a child. And um, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're talking about how to break those intergenerational cycles. Um, and, and this applies to adults too, because we still as adults sometimes mythically, problematically think that some people are in a position of power or have a right to talk a certain way to us because of a made-up, socially constructed label. Um, I, I don't think children should have to say ma'am or sir. I don't think children should have to say Mr. Smith. Um, I think we should level the playing field and say, his name is John. He doesn't deserve more respect than you deserve. Everyone gets respect. Everyone should be treated well. I will never agree with adults requiring more respect than what we give a child. I will never agree that that is not mental health centered and that is a poor message to give them. Um, what else is part of this prejudice against children? Um, some parents really want their child to fulfill their needs, which is a place of narcissism and ego, where a parent thinks that the child's an extension of them, and instead of supporting that child's liberation and authenticity and, 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 and becoming who they're meant to be, the parent wants them to operate at their comfort. The parent wants the child to always keep the parent and adult comfortable, which is sex ed. Sex ed in our current educational system is about the comfort and anxiety of the parents. It's not about meeting children where they're at. It's not about giving the teenagers the right information. It's about keeping the parents comfortable. It is never about the kids. And we, we, tend, to, we tend to apply that across the board. And that's where we use this word cathecting. Um, I'm gonna translate a little bit, and I've talked about it on the show a little bit, but basically, true love is about really caring for the needs of this other and saying, what do they need? What's important to them? Cathecting is when we want someone to operate based on our comfort. Cathecting is what we apply to our pets. We don't support our pets' development. We don't support our pets' freedom and liberation. We want our pets to live a life centered around our comfort. We want them to not bark when it makes us uncomfortable. We want them to not go on the furniture that makes us uncomfortable. We basically want their whole lives to be centered around our needs. We do not support the autonomy and freedom of pets. Uh, please don't email me picking a fight with me about that. This is just a philosophical lens through which I'm looking at it. You do you, but we often apply that to children as well. We don't support the child's autonomy and liberation and, and whatnot and confidence. We want our child's life to be centered around our comfort. I remember that in high school when I was in the punk rock scene, getting pierced and tattooed long before tattoos became cool and mainstream. And now it's a very safe thing to do. But back then it was quite freaking radical. And I remember my friend's mother, my friend Dieter hair black because that was what we were doing you know as children and teenagers we want to do what our friends are doing and there's nothing wrong with dyeing your hair and wearing kooky clothes like no one's being harmed in that but my friend's mom kept saying why are you doing this to me and wanted it to all be about her that is such a self-centered narcissistic thing let your child explore and and try to fit in and participate and find their own path and figure out who they are. But my friend's mom desperately wanted everything to reflect back and be about her as though her child is an extension of her. That is not mindful conscious parenting. Mindful conscious parenting is where you say, my child's holding up a mirror and letting me see where I need to grow. Whenever I'm frustrated with my child, they're teaching me where my wounds are, where I need to heal, not putting it on the child to never frustrate me as though the problem is the child frustrating me? The problem is you're getting frustrated that you as an adult don't know how to regulate and ground yourself, but somehow magically want your younger child to know how to do that. But you don't even know how to do that. It's your job to teach them and model that for them. So let's not treat our kids like we treat our pets, always at our beckoning call and always prioritizing ourselves first. That is 
backwards. Children are not possessions. Children's jobs are not to fulfill the goal, the parents or adults dreams or needs. All right, we'll be back. We're gonna keep talking about this. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, we're basically talking about how to break intergenerational transmission of these bad problematic norms. It's uh, National Child Abuse Awareness Month. So I'm really leaning hard on adult and parent and child relationships. But all of this applies across the board because this is basic skill sets that we really need to reparent ourselves. If we're a solo adults, single adults, childless adults, this is still work we might need to do. All these things I'm talking about changing between, again, adults and children are also what adults need to do in relationship with themselves and each other. So take out the word child if you want and just put in your name or someone else's name. We're looking at how often children are treated as property and possessions. We're talking about how some parents treat their child or raise them to fulfill their own needs and want the child to live based on the parent's comfort, not realizing this is a separate individual. Um, and we often think that children don't have any rights. And we don't think about consent. Children should be allowed to have privacy and boundaries. Now there's now, there's, there's a little bit of a gray and a flexibility to that. I'm not saying we give children complete freedom and privacy. It's our job as adults to weigh in on and help our children learn what is dangerous and how to safely enter certain spaces, especially when we're talking about things like pornography or, or, or technology and the internet and these new apps. I want parents to be involved, but not from a place of control and fear where if you don't do what I like, I'm going to punish you. That's ego. That's narcissism. That is ruling by violence. That's letting them, letting them, that's actually not instilling any any critical thinking that's not instilling in them any needed skills. It's again, making them back away from something at our comfort out of fear. But what we really want to do is help them learn. So it should be, Hey, let's look at Facebook together. Let's talk about what you might see if you type in certain keywords on the internet that, that, and, and then websites for adults. I'm not going to shame you for it. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to help you learn and understand because one of the things I say to parents all the time is the reason why your child doesn't tell you anything or the reason why your child lies to you is because you're not safe for them to go to. If the, if they feel like they can honestly go to you with difficult material and they won't get punished or shamed for it, they'll go to you. In fact, they need someone to go to. But if every time they let you down, which is the job of a child because they're freaking learning, and every time they let you down, if you punish them and yell at them, they are not going to come to you. So again, if a parent says to me, my children's lying to me, I say, because you're not safe to go to. What did you do the last time they told you that they shoplifted or looked at porn or drank alcohol or smoked weed? Did you yell at them and shame them and punish them and send them to their room? Well, that's why. They're, you taught them fear. And now they're afraid of you. They're not going to go to you. But if you said to them, let's sit down and talk about this. How did that come to be? What did you expect to have happen? Let's talk about other options. Let's talk about resources. Let me, let me tell you a story about my experience of that. You're not co-signing and saying it's okay, but you're saying, I'm not going to punish you for it. Let's make it a learning moment. I'm glad you came to me. I'm always here for you. There's a huge distinction. Um, and so let's let's focus specifically for a second on what we want to think about so as to reorient our relationship to youth and children. And again, this applies to adult to adult. And for some people listening, this might be how you reparent yourself because maybe you were raised in a very narcissistic, abusive child childhood or, or family of origin. Um, and so as an adult, these are learning lessons for you. These are your, you know, bill of human rights. So the first one is adults should absolutely apologize to children for mistakes. 
don't train your child to believe that adults don't have to respect others or adults have to don't have to apologize. Say apologize to your child, a hundred percent. Teach them humility. Teach them accountability. Repair those issues. I, again, it's so bizarre to me that we think that somehow children don't have feelings and their needs don't matter and we can get away with things. Well, <clears throat> that's unfortunate because that can be abusive and you can set them up to not understand boundaries and to not think that they're worth better. And then we can't be shocked when in their teenage years or adult years, they are comfortable with abusive relationships. That's what you taught them. That's what they know. They sometimes think then that love involves abuse. Let me tell you something. Love never involves violence or abuse. So if you are verbally abusive or physically abusive, you cannot claim to love your pet or your, or your child or your friend. They do not coexist. Love is always caring. Love is always compassionate. And friends are in our care. Children are in our care. Our pets are in our care. And we need to take that seriously. Other adults are in our care. But part of ending abuse and narcissism in our adult lives is by starting with children. Let them know that they are worthy of being respected by everyone, even adults, even bosses, even teachers. I can't tell you the disgustingly abusive power differential stuff I saw as a child in school. Teachers would yell, teachers would throw things, teachers would have meltdowns. If that's you, go take a break, go get therapy. You need to change careers. Maybe you're burnt out, but children shouldn't have to suffer because you don't know how to get your needs met or take care of yourself. Children shouldn't be on the receiving end of that. And I want every parent to be at that school. If you are told that your child was yelled at, shamed, the teacher had a meltdown, that is unacceptable. We need to unnormalize that stuff. That is never okay for a child to be treated that way. This small, little, powerless being, unacceptable. Speak up. Change that system. Same thing with bosses. I see these bosses, the way they talk to some of these teenagers. I've watched it in a store. Again, those employees are in your care. You are being a narcissist, a sociopath. You are enacting violence by talking to people underneath you who are in your care that way. Unacceptable. We're going to take a break. going to come back, do some DMs. And we're going to keep trying to break down this cycle of violence because it's time it stopped. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. Now it's time to drop some body positive gems. We're going to be spending this segment dropping gems, but don't worry, we'll be doing some DMs later in the show, so stick around for that. So body positivity, I'm just trying to sprinkle this throughout the show because summer's coming, and this is something we want to be aware of, and we've done longer shows on this, but I'm just going to spend a few minutes. First one is drum roll. Don't follow things that make you feel bad. Don't follow accounts that are all about weight loss, weighing yourself, summer bodies. That's a mess. We are following accounts that say, you look great the way you are. How do you have a beach body? By bringing your body to the beach. Everyone should wear what they want. You don't have to earn the right to wear anything. We are not punishing ourselves for eating food. So we're unfollowing anything that tells us otherwise. Anything that tells you you need to dress a certain way, that you need to wear certain clothes for your shape or your body, that you need to you know go through whatever you need to go through to feel secure on the beach. We're getting rid of all that. And instead, we're following body positive and fat liberation accounts. Why? Because that's just us learning to love ourselves as we are. And as we age, as disabilities happen and different phases and events happen in our lives, our bodies are going to change and we have to be available to whatever's happening. We can't wait. It's like I tell clients that say things like, I want to lose weight before I start dating again. Oh my God, I don't know if and when that's going to happen. And that doesn't even need to happen. Let's start learning to date as you are, because you might come back to this. 99% of diets fail. 
it, it doesn't even stick. It doesn't even work. Why? Because it's not healthy. So let's date as we are. So we're unfollowing negative accounts and we're following positive ones. Also, we're setting boundaries. We're telling people how they can talk to us and what they can talk to us about. So if someone's constantly talking about your weight, what you're wearing, what you're eating, you say, listen, I'm going to stop you. It isn't acceptable for you to talk about or comment on that. And if they don't stop, you walk away. You're done. Also, we're shutting down those conversations in our social groups. Be that friend group that talks positively about each other, not that friend groups that keeps each other, not that friend group that keeps each other trapped and saying, I feel fat, I look fat, I can't believe I'm eating this, I'm gonna have to go run this off tomorrow. That's toxic. That's disordered eating talk, that's toxic gym talk. So we're letting our friends know we're not gonna talk that way anymore. We're gonna be positive and supportive and call that out and hold that. And if your friends can't meet you in that healthy level, then maybe it's time to find new friends. Also, we're building community. We're building, we're building relationships with people who live in the world and think the ways we want to think and how we want to live in the world. For instance, if you're trying to get sober off drugs and alcohol, you can't be spending time around people that are always partying and talking about partying. You're going to feel left out, and it's not really supporting the important parts of who you are now. So those people would need sober friends who are meeting them where they're at, mirroring back important things to them, and also living a lifestyle that they feel safe being a part of. If you're trying to work on being more body positive or feeling okay in your larger or fat body, you also need community who normalizes being at whatever weight you're at, who normalizes the beauty of fatness, who normalizes that health exists at literally every single size, and that our goal in life isn't to fit a body ideal, or our goal in life isn't to always be attractive based on the standards society has given us, and that our goal in life isn't to meet these desirability standards that we haven't even signed off on and don't include us. Also, you need to read and educate. You have to spend time reading material that helps challenge and helps you unlearn some of that toxic messaging that you've not only been given your entire life, but you're continuing to be given when you see billboards that say things like no pecs, no sex, or I need to get my beach body or my body ready for the beach. Things that really shame you being however you are already. And also you're going to have to become an activism. We have to be a part of changing the world that oppresses us. We can't just sit outside complaining and we can't just throw rocks from the outside. We have to get into these systems and into these institutions and make changes. We have to stop promoting problematic things on our social media and instead helping be part of the solution by posting things that challenge, that challenge this toxic messaging, challenge these toxic institutions and norms. So we have to be part of that change and that solution. Um, Got more of the show to come. Like I said, we'll be uh, wrapping up the show with some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, that means any questions you got, topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back and cover, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We love hearing from you. And uh, past episodes, check out the shows that we've done already over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff because, again, it's a practice. It's all about unlearning some of that messaging and then replacing it with better learning. So, yeah, stick around, y'all. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back, and we're talking about how to break and end this intergenerational transmission of abuse. This month is, is Child Abuse Awareness Month. So we're talking about everything. We're talking about how it is set up. It begins in childhood. 
We are talking about how it's perpetuated by adults and the way they treat children. We are talking about how we bring it into our adult lives. We are looking backwards at how adults that are in abusive relationships, how that became acceptable and familiar to them. And we're learning in all of this how to also reparent ourselves if we were raised in these environments. We're hitting all those points without directly calling it out. So we're talking about the fact that adults should apologize, should apologize to children. I'm so horrified at the way I see adults treat and talk to children sometimes as though their feelings don't matter, as though they're not sponges absorbing all this. Uh, yeah, they are. You're teaching them stuff. We somehow think that like it doesn't matter until they're old enough to call us out or hit back. But we are instilling all of this in them from the day they're born. What do you want to do? Teach your child violence and that violence is acceptable and to be afraid of certain people in positions of power? Or do you want to raise them to believe that the world is actually safe and that people will care for them and that their needs can get met? Whatever direction you take them in is 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 what kind of adults they become, what they perpetuate, what they allow. Um, so we're also learning to respect children's boundaries. Children have to be allowed to say, no, no, I don't want to do that. No, that's not comfortable for me. No, I don't want to wear that. No, I don't want to be touched. Now, of course it's within reason. I appreciate that children aren't always mindful or conscious. That is not lost on me. I'm not saying to treat children the the exact same way we treat adults. Clearly I have more logic and intellect than that. But what I am saying is we can't completely disempower them and put our needs before them. Um, we, uh, want to allow children's emotions. I'm reading something and this is all coming out of, uh, really, uh, this is coming out of parenting research and also the work of parenting experts. So I'm not just making this up as I go. This is from a bunch of articles that I've pulled. So please know that, that this is backed by robust research, especially from the attachment field, which is about setting children up to be securely attached adults and not anxious, wondering if their needs will get met and if people will be there for them. I mean, one of the most powerful things I learned in my doctoral program. I did a doctoral program in clinical psychology, and then I went and did a second doctoral program in human sexuality and sex therapy, because I really wanted to understand the sexual relational psyche. And one of the most meaningful things I, I learned from a expert who's world renowned in parenting and attachment theory is they said, we used to believe that we needed to let children cry, cry themselves to sleep, that they would cry it out, that that was then teaching them how to self-regulate. She said, what we now know is that that's a form of child abuse, that children don't have the capacity to self-regulate, that they need adults to be there to help them regulate, to say, hi, honey, I'm here. What's going on? Are you okay? Let me rock you. Let me soothe you. They need that model. They are not born with those skills. The children that cry themselves to sleep and eventually stop crying on their own, they've actually given up. That's why they stop crying. They realize no one's ever coming and they're internalizing that, that I can't count on others to be there for me. They're giving up. It is not a form of skill building. It's quite the opposite. They've, they've detached from the idea that I can count on others, including my primary caregiver. We don't want to train children to manage things on their own because it's the biggest lie ever. We need other people always. We need people to be there for us always. We need co-regulation, the support of another, not dealing with everything on our own. We need to believe that our needs matter to other people. As adults, we need borrowed functioning. As adults, we need co-regulation. As adults, we need intimacy. I work with these adults in my private practice as patients, individuals or in marriage. And I can see the, I can see the core belief that was instilled in them as a child where they say, I shouldn't need my partner. Or it's weak to have needs or to depend on another. And I can hear it. I'm like, your parents must have taught you that. They must have said when you had a hard day to go play a video game 
AKA, we're not here for you. Or if you had a hard day, just go make some cookies, AKA, turn to something else, not to a person. Or you'll be fine, get over it, AKA, people aren't there for you, the world is unsafe, you're on your own. Or they let the kid cry themselves asleep and the adult never stepped in to say, let me help you learn to regulate. I see that in their adult psyche, in their adult lives. They still don't know how to regulate, they don't know how to count on others, they're afraid of intimacy, they're completely avoidant, they shame dependence, but yet that's a healthy thing. We always need that. We always require that. I want people to seek that. So we have to allow children to have needs. We don't want to label them as clingy, needy, whiny. You mean they're being a healthy baby? Is that what you mean? But you're shaming it from an adult perspective. Maybe you can call an adult whiny, clingy, or needy, which I think is really emotionally abusive and we shouldn't. But dear God in heaven, you're saying that to a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 12-year-old who is still learning how to self-regulate and you're shaming that? You're shaming their need to count on an other? As adults, we have those needs still. We need what we call a safe haven, which means a safe person to go to in tough times. We need a secure base, which means a secure, healthy adult that that we go out into the world and we're encouraged by them, knowing that they have our back and they're there for us. That's how we safely individuate and go off into the world. And you're shaming that at a child who isn't fully developed by saying they're needy or clingy or whiny? I see that kids being ripped out of their parents' hands and sent off to school and telling them to toughen up and man up. Oh my God, that is trauma. Gonna talk more about it, y'all. I feel very passionately about this because I'm dealing with the, the outcome of this as adults and it's a mess. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, we're basically looking at how as adults, our comfort turning and going to others, our belief in whether or not our needs will get met, our you know comfort within intimacy building, touch, sharing of emotions is all rooted in how we're treated as a child. And if as a child, when we had needs or we needed the healthy developmental milestone of an adult being with us when we can't regulate ourselves and to help soothe us, and we're shamed and told we're clingy, needy, whiny, a bad baby, oh my God, you're laying the groundwork for them to believe my needs will never get met and I should have shame and I should feel stigmatized if I need to turn to someone. I better just play video games and shut my emotions off or toughen up because I'm a man. That is trauma. And then as an adult, we can't be shocked that these adults are so individualistic, so narcissistic, and don't care about the needs of others. Well, we as a culture support that. We let babies cry themselves to sleep, aka give up and not believe that someone's going to come and help them. We then tell men, toughen up, you know, get up and dust yourself off and get back out there and play. Again, training them to believe that they're not allowed to have needs, that weakness is something that's full of shame, and that performance matters more. What are we doing? What are we, what are we prioritizing? and doing all that. Emotions are healthy. Remember, we're never trying to suppress or shame emotions, but we're also not trying to amplify or dramatize. We're trying to just sit in the middle and say, it's okay to feel your feelings. There are no negative feelings. There are no bad feelings. Be anxious, be depressed, be embarrassed, have some jealousy, have some guilt, just as much as we'd say, be happy, have joy, have excitement. It's all acceptable. We have to make space for all of it. How about also telling your friends and kids you love them? That's a really powerful way of breaking through the intergenerational maintenance and transmission of what we're talking about today. Because again, it's 
National Child Abuse Awareness Month. And it is abusive to label children as problematic because they have needs. It is abusive to not respect the boundaries and autonomy of a child. It is abusive to not apologize a child if you harm them or disrespect them. It's abusive to tell a child that an adult's uh, comfort or needs matter more than theirs. Think about the message you're giving them. And again, this is research coming from parenting experts. I'm not making this up or winging this as I go. This is robust literature that has longitudinally looked at what happens to children in these environments later as adults. Um, so remember, we have to teach children these skills. What we don't want to do is back them off of their emotions by scaring them or intimidating them with violence. So remember that. And then we have to move into the protective mechanisms, which is being a safe resource for them when they need us and not shaming them if they let us down or disappoint us. You know, now we're talking about how do we protect them from abuse from others, especially sexual abuse? Well, we want to teach them that you get to decide who touches you and how they touch you. That is an important skill that we can teach them from the door. Um, we want to teach them that we're there for them and that their needs matter. Um, some of the other things that uh, experts put in there is really eliminate or minimize situations where your children are left one-on-one -on -one with adults or older children, especially if you haven't talked to your children about boundaries and consent. No one is too young to be taught boundaries and consent. Yes, you have to do it at an age-appropriate level, but this is something everyone needs to learn. These are not things that we pick up from our friends. These are not things that are innately built in. Um, so, you know, again, create an environment where your child feels safe going to you. And then also teach your kid about boundaries. Let them know that no one has the right to touch them or make them feel uncomfortable and that they can't touch someone else without permission. Hey, can I hug you? Teach them. And if someone hugs them, teach them to say, let me stop you. That isn't okay. Can you ask if you can hug me? I know it sounds clunky and sounds weird to people, but these are really important things we need to do to counter the way we've already been going about it. So let's focus on that. Because we were talking on an earlier show about narcissism and how narcissistic, narcissistic parents raise kids to believe their needs don't matter. So that's like another layer. And we were talking about how we all really help create and sustain a narcissistic culture, which is what, one of the main parenting styles where um, narcissistic parents and again, just general parents often believe that their children are extensions of them, a property of theirs. Um, and then they project their own stuff onto the child and they don't encourage the child to have individual individuation and authenticity and to have boundaries and they try to control because they see the child as an extension of them that their worth is tied into what the child looks like and what the child does which is a real powerful form of abuse um and a lot of parents really lack the empathy um to think about that even though this child is young they're still internalizing the way they're treated right children aren't Children are sponges. We're sponges throughout our entire lives. Our nervous systems and our brains are always being wired and rewired based on experiences. And we want to train children that their needs are just as important as everyone else's, which is what I'm also teaching adults. I'm telling adults, I don't care who it is, your in-laws, your boss, a police officer, you still have a right to be respected. You still have a right to tell them no and to set boundaries. Your needs matter too. Like we're getting rid of these hierarchies. Um, but it's really, really, really problematic with adults to children.
And unfortunately, I work with some individuals as adults who, when they were a child, they only got love, care, and attention when they were performing well. They only got love, care, and attention when they were being productive. They weren't taught you deserve love, care, and attention no matter what. And it's okay if you're not performing or performing well, that your worth isn't tied to what you produce, that your worth isn't tied to how well you, you know, are in the game. It doesn't really matter. We want to train children and adults to know that their feelings, opinions, and thoughts matter, and we're not shaming them for that. Um, all right, we're going to come back and we're going to keep talking about this, but uh, we'll be closing out the show with some DMs. So uh, DMs, go in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any questions you got? Because whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be as well. So you're helping them as you're helping you. Always confidential, always anonymous. Drop those questions in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Also put in there topics you want us to cover. Maybe some topics you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Love to hear from you. And uh, past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's always good to get that repetition in there because as I always say, we have a lot to unlearn. Then we got to relearn better models, better standards, better ways of thinking and perspectives. And uh, it's all about practice and repetition. So check it out, but uh, go nowhere. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and talking about how as adults, certain skills were needed to have been given to us as children. And if we didn't get them as adults, we got to reparent ourselves and find ways to uh, learn these, have them modeled for us, internalize them. And uh, the researchers say that there's seven main skills that children really need to learn, and that's going to help them not struggle as much. And I thought we could just run through them very quickly. And as adults, these are things we have to get for ourselves if we weren't given them. First one is self-confidence. Uh, and that's different from self-esteem. Self-esteem is you're awesome. Self-confidence is the ability to trust that you can do things. And that is helped along by having adults by our side, guiding us, giving us some advice, but letting us learn. And it's not just doing it on our own. It's about the presence of another adult guiding us. So it's not, you go off and figure this out and you're going to learn self-confidence. No, it's, it's dual. You're going to learn how to do it, but you're also going to trust that there, others are there to help guide you and you can learn from the wisdom of others. So you need both pieces. And if we didn't get that as adults, we're always trying to figure out things on our own. We don't want to ask for advice. We don't want to ask for directions. We don't want to call someone to help them prob- you know, work through something because we think we're a burden or that's being a burden because we were never shown that that's acceptable. But it's not only acceptable, it's necessary and healthy. So I, I, I work with so many adults to stop people-pleasing. And... That's how we cut that one off at the legs. Also, ready for this one? Empathy. Yes, we need to teach kids empathy that how you impact people matters and that how you impact anyone matters and that everyone's feelings matter. And we have to consider what other people need or want. It's not just about our family, our country, our neighborhood. We are responsible for others. People are in your care. And you teach kids that by apologizing to them when you need to, by letting their needs matter, by letting their opinions count, by letting them say no and set boundaries, by letting them have some privacy. All of this is within reason, but we're there by them, by their side, guiding them. We're not guiding with violence and fear, and we're not letting them do things on their own. It's that middle ground. We're here, but we're not over-controlling. We're here, but but we will help. We're here, and I know you can do this. And that's how we do the empathy, and that's how we do the self-confidence. Um, another thing we have to teach is self-control, which is how we end up later as adults, not having impulse control and boundaries. And we have a problematic relationship then with a lot of different things in our lives because as children, no one again is there 
big surprise, guiding us, teaching us how to do it, showing us. So again, when you see an adult losing their cool around a child who's having a meltdown, that's the opposite of what we're talking about. Because the adult's saying, I don't even know how to do it. Watch me not even know how to do it. Watch me get dysregulated myself when I'm uncomfortable. So you're reinforcing it. What they really need is an adult to stay there calm and anchored. And to say to the child, hey, you seem upset. Let's label that emotion. I know you're having a hard time. Let's breathe. We can breathe. Or come here, let me hold you for a minute. You can turn to other people. And here's some tools. Breathing, relying on others. And you guide them. What are the other ones? Integrity, actually letting them have ethics and values. I was saying that on another show where most people don't know what their ethics and values are. If I said, tell me what your, what your mission statement is, or tell me what you use as your compass to make decisions, no clue. But if I said to them, what are your career goals? What are your financial goals? What do you want your dream house to look like? Your dream wedding? We got answers because we understand materialism. We understand productivity and performance, but we don't understand ethics and values. Um, curiosity, which comes in with, again, giving them unstructured playtime. So as adults, they don't have this big word called boredom. Boredom with a lot of adults comes from all they know how to do is work. And then when we finally have some downtime, we don't even know who we are or what we enjoy. We don't even know what our interests are because we've never been able to really establish them. Because as a child, we had no unstructured playtime. We were put in gymnastics and French class and violin, and we were told it's all about grades and it's all about performance on the soccer field. And we were never given unstructured time to figure out what we like to do with unstructured time, AKA self-care, leisure, and pleasure. We only know how to do, which is more labor. So that's an important one. Perseverance, letting them hang in there through difficult times, letting them know it's okay to stop doing something if you don't, don't enjoy it or it's too hard, but yet let's not back out too soon. Let's hang in there and see what's possible. Let's not run away from difficulty, but let's realize that there are limits and it's okay to walk away for some, from something that's not right for you. That's also in there. And then finally, this is an interesting one, and we can challenge this a little bit because I want to make sure it's not leaning into toxic positivity, but it's optimism. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really about helping children. I'm going to challenge that one because I think that skews a little toxic positivity. And it's really, I think, about helping children understand that the full range of human emotion is acceptable. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel let down. And it's okay to be joyful. And it's okay to be happy. And it's okay to be silly. There are no negative or bad emotions. We have to make room for all of them. We have to allow all of them. We don't have to fuse or hook on them. We don't have to let them decide our behavior. We can choose a different behavior even while feeling those things. But we have to make room for and allow all of those things. That's what I think the key is. So this is what we need to apply and start doing with children. This is also what we need to do as adults to reparent ourselves. Um, coming up next, DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. And past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. It's all about the repetition and then the practice, y'all. But stick around. We'll be back. More to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been wanting to break up with my girlfriend for about a month now. We're just not compatible in a lot of ways, and I think it's time. However, she has a birthday coming up, and it's the anniversary of her dad's death, which is a big deal to her. I still love her and care about her, just not in love with her. I know it's probably better to break up with her now, but I'd like to be with her through all this stuff because she's still my best friend. Is that wrong of me? No, I think it's both. (laughs) I think most people, if someone wanted to leave a relationship with them, they would just want it over. But I do always say to clients when they want to make a disclosure or do something, I always say, it isn't just about you. I'll never agree that it's just about one person. And I'll say to them, what's going on in this other person's life? Is this a time where they have the ability to hear this or be a part of this? Do they have resources? Because that matters. We don't want to harm people. You've already been sitting on the uh, desire to break up for a month. What's the harm in hanging in there another week or two? Now, having said that, you can still be best friends after the breakup. You can still help them through this after the breakup. You don't need to be their girlfriend still to help them through this. Um, I hope you remain friends. Just romance and sex aren't on the table anymore. Um, or maybe they still are, but friends with benefits. I don't know. But yes, if the anniversary is a big deal for her and it might be very hard for her to deal with her dad's death, maybe don't add another layer by saying, let me also have you deal with the breakup at the same time. And like I said, you've been sitting on the breakup for a month. So um, hang in there. All right, we got another DM. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my mom has severe anxiety and depression. I've dealt with it my whole life, but now that I'm older, I'm doing some self-help. And uh, a lot of my childhood issues now make sense. Because you know, again, remember, like I feel bad for your mom dealing with anxiety and depression, but I also understand what it must have been like for you as a child being part of a family where your mom was dealing with anxiety and depression. That means she's not available. That means she's not accessible. And there's a lot of issues that emerge out of that. So my, my empathy for both of you. Back to your question, you said, I asked her to go to therapy, but she refused. 
She said she tried it once and didn't like the therapist, so she'll never go back. I get it. Uh, not everyone's a match for the therapist they work with or the kind of therapy that's offered. Uh, but you know, it's just like, that'd be like her saying, I don't want to go out to eat at restaurants. I've been to a restaurant before and I didn't like the restaurants, so I don't like restaurants and I'm not going again. It's like, that's very odd because each restaurant's different. <laughs> it's going to be a different experience with different offerings. Therapy's the same way. Not everyone does it the same way or the same personality or the same style. Uh, so maybe help her help kind of correct that cognitive distortion because she's catastrophizing and generalizing like that's not how it works but bigger than that unfortunately we can't change people and i would never help someone change someone because i don't know what's best for her and you don't either um and therapy tends to be very beneficial you can only make requests or try to be a positive influence so keep sharing about the success of therapy and self-help for you and um keep saying, you know, when you're ready, I'd love to be a part of that, but we can't make people do things. And so take care of yourself around that. I know that's really hard. Uh, we got another one. This one says, Hey, Dr. Chris, my baby daddy and I split up pretty soon after our daughter was born. Our daughter is two years now and, uh, he's been at least with five other women. Okay. Well, that's his business. Good for him. Uh, now that she's starting to recognize us and develop memories, having a really hard time being comfortable with other women around my baby. Um, you don't get to control someone else's decisions, unfortunately. And uh, people will be coming in and out of your child's life as friends, as coworkers, as family members. That's life. A child's not going to be harmed by seeing and learning that relationships aren't always forever. The value of a relationship is not the length of time it exists. It's okay for children to learn that friends come and go, that people date. I don't agree that children have to be protected from the reality of the world. If you're okay with friends coming around, friends don't always stick around. Dating isn't different. I was just talking to a parenting expert therapist friend of mine, and we were all complaining about how we don't agree that everyone gets so protective around this dynamic. Children need to learn that relationships come and go, and that's okay. But bigger than that, I appreciate your struggle. Um, but I don't know what it means that he brings them around. I'm assuming everything's age appropriate and boundaried and he's using some privacy. Um, uh, but uh, sadly we don't get to tell someone else what they can do in their life, you know? Um, but bigger than that, your child will be okay learning that not all relationships are forever and that your father, that his, her dad is single and that he's looking for love and that it's a process. Your ch the child, when they're older, will be going through that process as well. So you're helping normalize that. Don't worry so much. All right, y'all, that is our show. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow night. Join us then. You guys take care of yourselves, you know, have a good night and uh, see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 